Welcome to The Body Nerd Show, empowering you with the super uncomplicated things you need to know about self-care and movement so that you too can wake up every day pain-free. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and I'm a coach, writer, former yogi, kettlebell devotee, and 100% body nerd. So, are you ready? Let's get nerdy! Welcome back. You're listening to episode 27 of The Body Nerd Show. Today's episode is really super special because today I have with me a fantastic friend and strong and bendy body nerd, Elizabeth Whipp. Elizabeth is on a mission to demystify strength training for people who want to get in the gym but just don't know where to start. So when I wanted to bring to you an expert in strength and conditioning so that you wouldn't just have to listen to me go on and on and on about why strengthening is the best thing to do, Elizabeth perfectly fits the bill. She is a super noodle herself and is especially sensitive to the needs of yogis and yoga teachers. It's not easy for a (laughs) non-noodle, you know, someone who is hyper flexible to truly understand how scary and important weight training can be. So I also am a super noodle and hyper bendy person, um, which is one of the reasons why Elizabeth's teaching and coaching has helped me to get stronger in my body. And fun fact, she did her first Olympic weightlifting meet at age 43 and has been competing nationally and internationally ever since, including winning a bronze and a gold at national and international levels of competition. So if you think that it's too late, if you think that you are too old, that is nonsense and we are going to get all into that and why everybody should be strength training. So on today's episode, we will talk about what it means to be strong where to get started, especially if you have never done anything like this, and why picking up a weight will transform your life and help you create confidence you never even knew that you had. Honestly, strength training is going to make you feel like the badass. I know that you are. Before we get into that, show notes, fun links, free downloads, and access to the Body Nerds Facebook group all lives over at aewellness.com slash podcast. Over there, you're going to find links to my Instagram where I post weekly bodywork fixes at Hala for Mala, and also information on the upcoming Body Nerd Garage, which is a weekend of nerdiness here in Los Angeles where you can learn the latest techniques to get you stronger and more flexible in both body and mind from me, a breathwork coach, and a doctor of physical therapy. There's also a link to the Body Freedom Self-Assessment, which is a free quiz that's going to give you the best next steps for you right now to get rid of your tension, stiffness, soreness, or pain. So all of that is over on aewellness.com slash podcast. So enough about that. Let us get into our interview today with the amazing Elizabeth Whip. Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and well, I guess we're both standing. So to stand here and chat with me today over the internet, we have been friends for a very, very long time. It seems like ages and lifetimes. Um, And not only have you been a fantastic coach for my mindset and for really getting me out of a rut a couple of years ago, but I'm giving you all the credit. You were the first person to encourage me to set body nerd goals uh, and work towards nailing my first pull-up, um, which then went away. So I'm now re-inspired and I need to work on it some more. Um, so really excited to talk today about strength training and how not only has it changed your life and my life, but how it can also change you, the listener's life, to be strong and bendy. So mm. thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm very humbled by all of the inspiration and uh, get back in the gym and get your pull up back. I know. I know. Well, (laughs) here, I'm going to be a hypocrite. It's so easy to have so many stories of why you can't. Oh, I don't have a pull up bar in my gym or I don't know. I can't do it. So why even get started? And I'm like, man, this is the stuff that I get frustrated when my clients tell me and listen to me being a huge hypocrite. (laughs) You're not a hypocrite. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. I took a teacher training, many yoga teacher training way, way back in the beginning of my career, like 20 years ago. (laughs) And the instructor used to talk about enlightenment is not permanent. Enlightenment is not permanent. Now, that's a big thing for me to say in relation to your pull-up. But what I mean by this is like, 
the state of your fitness is constantly moving. It's a constantly moving target. And we have peak moments. And sometimes those peak moments come and go, and we don't even recognize them. So you have to give yourself a little bit of a break. You had it once, you'll get it again. And also sort of to kind of piggyback on that, our goals change, our lifestyles change. You know, maybe, maybe getting a pull-up one time was enough. If that was the goal and you did it, okay, next, what's the next big goal? Maybe, mm. maybe deadlifting 200 pounds. I know we were talking about that and my eyes got big and my heart started beating fast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think that's it. I think I need to, uh, move up from my one kettlebell that I have. That's 35 pounds. <laughs> you can do a lot with a 35 pound kettlebell. You can do a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Garage parties are very, very, very fun. Yeah. But before we dive too deep into this, tell us what do you love to get nerdy about? Uh, two things. Um, with other teachers, I love to get nerdy about teaching, but that's for another for another podcast. Um, <laughs> just for for those of those of you out there that are consumers of fitness training and coaching. One, Alexandra Ellis is the real deal. Two, don't accept. We'll talk about this in a little while when it comes to finding a teacher and a coach. Um, I think I think being good at your craft is is essential when it comes mm-hmm. to being a teacher and a trainer. Um, and then the other thing, the other piece of that is my passion as a teacher and a coach and as a human is to um, use strength and conditioning as a way to enhance my life and to prove to myself that nothing is impossible. And I really, I want to give that to other people. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of my, my mission is to sort of stand in for other people's courage as they're finding their own strength and their capacity. Um, and I've seen it happen. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it happens with a number and sometimes it happens with a mindset change. Mm-hmm. So, so really understanding the, the goal and to, uh, underneath the goal or the, or the change underneath the change that's going to make a big difference. That's what I'm nerdy about. Um, and also, you know, hamstrings and fascia and you know, <laughs> all of the things that go along with, with understanding human movement, of course. Yeah. That mindset piece is so important. This is a a story that's been like at the top of my mind for a couple of weeks now about breaking, I think it was like the four minute mile. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's not possible. It's physically impossible. Like biologically humans cannot do it. And then a guy did it. Roger and Bannister. then, yeah. yeah. And then a couple months later, like six other people also did it. Like they just didn't even realize what was possible. And so it seemed unattainable for so long. And like mindset is 99.9% of any physical thing. The, um, the book, the sports gene is all about that. It's all about, uh, uh, sorry, not the sports gene. Sports gene is a great book. The rise of Superman. The rise of Superman is, is, is all about that. It's all about pushing how have sports specifically extreme sports made such extreme leaps in the last 20, 25 years. And it is because if someone can do it, it gives those coming behind permission to, to, to also do it. So let's see. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about the guy who just climbed El Capitan without uh, Alex Honnold. Um, yeah. Without, oh my gosh. Without <laughs> ropes. Right. Like, that was like, so stressful like, watching the what movie. Happens in the neck. Oh my God. It was so stressful. I had to leave the room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so bringing that back to us, to mere mortals, sometimes we just need someone to, as I always say, to turn on the lights, open the door and turn on the lights, mm-hmm. show them like, hey, this is possible. Mm-hmm. I bet. So you and I have talked about the potential for you to deadlift 200 pounds twice in the last 10 days. Yeah, which means and it's the, happening. And the first time you, that I brought it up, you were like, well, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I put that in my memory bank. You planted the seed. You know, it's I, so funny too. The second time you said it, it wasn't even a, oh, I, I can't do that. I was like, hmm, maybe I could. Yeah. 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 And not even just, I mean, honestly, or no, not even, I'm say just because like to be able to deadlift 200 pounds just because, because like we've been talking about too, like a shift happens in you, especially as a woman. And like, I'm five foot one. I remember the first time I picked up a barbell, like I was transformed. Yeah. 
because it seems like this thing that like is unattainable and not allowed for you or because fitness industry is like, oh, if you look, go as far as look at a weight, your, you know, muscles are going to explode and you're going to look like Arnold on Muscle Beach, which is like so far from the truth. Let's talk about that piece of not being allowed because something that I've been thinking about leading up to this conversation is... And and with apologies to Anthony because I know your husband wants to hear some some, <laughs> but I'm in, I'm kind of I'm kind of speaking to to women, and those who identify as women. There is something in our culture that being strong is is very fraught if you are a woman, mm-hmm. um, if you are psychodynamically or intellectually strong, you are a threat. Mm-hmm. If you are physically strong, you're not feminine. Mm-hmm. Those are those are some of the messages that that our culture at large is is sort of telegraphing, whether it's overt or covert. And so the the first piece, I think, you know, you were you were talking about, you know, helping giving people some 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 guidance about how to begin strength training. The first is to confront what you believe about strength. Mm. to confront your beliefs about strength. Mm-hmm. And I was really lucky to grow up in a household where my athleticism was always encouraged. And so I was well into my journey before I looked up and realized that people were, were having these feelings, you know, yeah. about, about physical strength. About yeah. physical strength. And for, for the reasons I mentioned, but also, you know, age, illness. I've worked with people that have multiple sclerosis and, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's express your strength the way that the way that you can express it. Let's find a way for you to express your strength and strength. When you sort of pull the scope out, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 200 pound barbell Mm -hmm. when we're talking about physical strength, but why doesn't it? Why, why not? For a young, healthy woman, that's an appropriate thing for me to say. So if you, you have to listen to this through your filter, if you're someone who's coming at this and you're deconditioned or you're, you're dealing with a serious illness, dial it back, right? What is the threshold for you? And what are you telling yourself about being allowed to be strong? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and no one's going to start at 200. No, you know? no, no, no. no. <laughs> right. And here's the secret. It's the process of getting there. Mm-hmm. It's the process of getting there. Because then once you get to 200, then guess what? 225. Then, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so, so it's the process of getting there. Yeah. Well, and even just the movement of a hip hinge, because I talk about that all the time, which is step zero for even considering being able to do a deadlift is, well, can you hip hinge? Can you move in a way that doesn't, put extra stress on your lower back and uses your hamstrings and hips as they were designed to do. And so if you're already thinking about moving in that way, like you're already on the path Mm -hmm. to potentially working more on your strength. Like you're already there. It's not a huge leap. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so, so let's go to the, the, the intermediate step. So figure out what it means to be strong decide that it's okay to be physically strong, to feel strong, to express your strength. And then start to recognize in your daily life, all of the things that you're doing that you could potentially either add strength to your life or where you're already making the shapes to your point, you drop something on the ground, you pick it up off the ground, you're hip hinging Mm -hmm. or squatting, depending on how you do it. Or you, you, uh, we have a low coffee table. If I bend over and pick something up off my coffee table, there's a hip hinge. I've limited the range of motion, but there's still a hip hinge. I still have to be mindful of, I, I, my body still has to cooperate for me mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and you and I have both had major and minor, I haven't had major back injuries, but I've had enough, you know, like I've had a back spasm where picking something up off the coffee table is a challenge. Right. So starting to recognize where you're already making these shapes in your life that could potentially become strength training shapes? Are you getting up and down out of a chair? Are you pushing yourself up off the floor? Are you pulling something towards you? Even pulling up the sheets, like, right, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, you're moving in these ways already. So start there. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, and why not learn how to do them in a way that just further enhances how you get strong? 
So that's the next step. How do you take that out of cleaning day on Saturday when you change the sheets and putting it, or, or if you have a cleaning lady, I guess you don't do that. How do you go and either motivate yourself or get involved in a formal strength training activity? I mean, I think that that's, that's where the scary stuff really starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are myriad ways. You can join the gym, you can watch videos, you can hire a trainer. I think the most important thing is to think about where you want to be. Where do you want to go? Even if it's a little scary, like if there's a barbell club down the street and you want to be there, okay, we'll deal with your fears, but go to the barbell club. If, if fancy shishi Equinox is just the pinnacle for you, then join the Equinox, you know, mm-hmm. um, and everything in between, but decide where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important too, to talk about that. It's, it's never too late. It's never too early, but it's also not too late. I mean, we were talking about before you hit your first pull up at 38, which I think is fantastic. And then even after that, started doing weightlifting competitions after 42. Yeah. And winning you guys, gold medals, winning, winning. Yeah. My father has been an athlete all his life, but he had a heart attack actually in his, in his early sixties and then had a knee replacement and gained a lot of weight. I mean, you know, nothing, not a big surprising story, but gained a lot of weight and then was like enough, enough is enough and found the right coach, joined a CrossFit gym where the coaching was really good, changed his diet and is 60 pounds lighter and fitter than he's been in years and years and years and years and is continuing to get better and to get stronger and for him, and I think this is the other piece that, that I want to fit in here, it really is about quality of life. Mm-hmm. It is about quality of life. And I've been thinking about this a lot, even as it applies to younger people. By the way, my mom is also very fit in her 70s. She's so, so badass. She just texted me the other day and said she took two walking handstand walks. That's she stepped, She took two steps on yeah, her Yeah, yeah. At 70, I think she's going to be 74 in September. Um, so yeah, never, never stop. But I think no matter what age you are, it's never too late. And quality of life too, quality we're talking of life. about. There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If we stopped telling men and women that fitness equaled skinny and start talking about the fact that fitness, strength, the two go hand in hand, equals an awesome life, a mm-hmm. healthy life. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, your pants fit better. Mm-hmm. I think I think we would be doing people a, a better service to, to lead with, how's that working for you? Mm-hmm. Is your life better? Mm-hmm. Do you feel good? Do you feel good? Yeah. Because I don't think being starving and skinny makes me feel good. No, I'm a very not nice person when I yeah. haven't eaten. But yeah. even um, Katie Bowman, who's a biomechanist and has written many books, one of which is Move Your DNA, which we're reading inside Movement Mavens right now. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how so many of the things going on in our body and like culturally, um, as far as like pathologies and like, you know, high cholesterol and this and that are almost like diseases of captivity, she calls it, that mm-hmm. they are resulting from our inactivity. And so not just quality of life, but really like thriving, like not just being, oh, well, I'm 50 and I have all the same things as everybody else, but like feeling awesome. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I am. Um, I have the luxury of, of working with a, a great nutritionist named Alex Macklin, um, who has been with me because I have to make weight for meats and things like that. But I was also sort of getting to a point where I wasn't feeling great. And I was, I just kind of wanted to take a hold and, and, and look at some things. And recently we spent a lot of time counting and, and, you know, macros and da, 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 and really, really sort of very austere kind of focus. And recently um, we've switched the focus to feeling good. Mm-hmm. I have a nutrition coach who is coaching me to eat to feel good. What would happen if your exercise did the same thing? Mm -hmm. If you chose your exercise to feel good. Now, while you're doing it, you know, sometimes I have to be like, eat the broccoli. But in the totality of my life, the choices that I make about my health and fitness 
make me feel good. And that enhances my quality of life. And when you feel good, you make better choices. You, you get up and move, you play with your kids, you, you know, go for a walk, you choose activities, leisure activities that are maybe a little bit more adventurous. It's so, almost too of like having more choices because you are stronger and can move better. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yes, yes, yes. If all you do is eat lettuce and go to spin class and you never lift a weight or, or whatever you want to lift or move and you don't feel good on, on by, you know, by Thursday night, all you want to do is lay on the couch. What, what, what serve it? You know, okay. Your pants fit, but get bigger pants. If you need. like, you know, <laughs> I know I do have to say about pants. Once I started lifting more weights, my thighs are so strong that the pants are not made for people with legs like this. <laughs> but thank goodness for spandex. Thank goodness for spandex. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am wearing a dress that has spandex in it right right now as we speak. Um, <laughs> all right. So here's the deal. This is, this is, a, this is a very t- difficult subject. You're not going to look like a dude if you lift weights. Mm-hmm. Unless you have dude chromosomes and dude hormones. Mm-hmm. Right? So... We as, and my apologies, I know that this is sort of a politically hot, this is a hotbed, but I'm, I'm, I am speaking binarily here. Mm-hmm. Women do not have enough testosterone to build big, bunchy, ugly, bulky muscles. So, and I'm using ugly in quotes. I think muscles are beautiful. The women that you see mythically now, because this is not uh, this is sort of out of favor, who look very masculine and have very, very, very large muscles, especially in their upper body, are likely not getting there naturally. Yeah. Okay, so let's clear that off the table. Everybody's body is different. And I'm sure you talk about this with your clients. Every body is different. Everybody's hormone balance is different. Everybody's bone length is, di- is different. Everybody's muscle type uh, uh, distribution is different. Everybody's connective tissue is different. I would be a much bigger person than I am if my connective tissue wasn't loose. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of that because I spend a lot of my energetic capital of my muscle stabilizing my body. And so mm-hmm. I have limitations. This is all to say that you might start strength training and bust through your pants. Great. Okay. So you have the, the capacity to build muscle in your legs, but you could also be like my husband who has the skinniest legs I've ever seen <laughs> and, and is a power lifter. So, you know, and is, would love to have to get bigger pants. <laughs> so, you know, like, let, let everybody's different. Yeah, that's a great point. There's two other pieces of this. Muscles are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Muscles are just the shape of you expressed. It's just what happens when you use your body the way it's supposed to be used. Mm-hmm. The other reality is, this is just sort of training reality, if you have extra adipose and you add muscle underneath it, you might start to get, quote unquote, bulky. So you're not getting bulky. You've just added a little extra layer to yourself. So don't stress. Don't stress. Yeah. Just, just be in your body and realize that these are, there's myriad factors. Does that, is, is that an acceptable thing for me to have said? I want to make sure that I have Yeah. Sort of, well, no, okay. I was thinking too, it's like at what cost, right? Because, okay, sure, my clothes might fit different, but I'm no longer overstretching my hamstrings and having them ache. I'm no longer throwing my back out when I go to pick up my dog. You know, like there's other the cost benefit is like way heavy towards this is a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And recognize it's funny. There was a woman who used to come when I was uh, coaching in the CrossFit gym, who used to come um, to class that was uh, uh, studying it at FIT, the fashion Institute. And some project that she was doing required her to 
measure a bunch of different people. It was some sort of a fit study. And she measured all of our quads. And she looked at me and she said, and she was, she was intending on making, now listen, fitness clothing. Mm -hmm. That was her, that was her focus. She said, your quads are two inches bigger than the average fitness fit model. What? So maybe it's not you. Maybe it's the fashion industry that doesn't understand that they're cutting clothing to fit an unattainable ideal. Quite literally. Because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not that big. I have muscles, but I'm not I I would say there are more people that I see walking down the street with legs like mine mm-hmm. than there are that or just as many as there are people with smaller legs. Mm-hmm. Um so you know if you're if you're getting into the whole I'm getting too big, my clothes are not fitting, maybe we need to call up Lululemon and be like, yo, I know make yeah. them bigger. Yeah. Oh man. That is such a great point. And like just drives home even more so how there are so many ideas and thoughts that like aren't necessarily ours, but are imposed upon us by fashion. Well, that's exactly my point. Yeah. That's exactly my point. I mean, as you're talking, like literally I'm getting emotional because I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, it's not my body that's changing. It's like, there's literally no clothes that exist that fit a body like mine. You know, they're cut for someone who doesn't look like you or me or anyone, regardless of if we're strength training or not. And so whether you're curvy or stick straight, like I know everybody has difficulties finding clothing and it's just because we're not all made the same. That's not how the world works. No. And, you know, I am not in the fashion industry, but I've, I've been around, I've met enough people to, to understand that Here's what, here's how it works. And, and this isn't specifically about strength training, but I think it's important to understand it. <laughs> there is one person who is the fit model. They measure that person and then they make the sizes based on that person. So not only is your body not like her body, but your body at every size across the spectrum is not like her body. Mm-hmm. And her body's awesome. But, you know, so, so you know, if you're lucky, you find a brand with a fit model that has a body like yours. Right. But, uh, you know, and then so, she retires. I know. And then you're going to find somebody else. Dang it. <laughs> but if you're using, just for the listeners, if you're using like, well, I don't want to bulk up as an excuse. I hope we have just put that to bed right now as far as like, just do it anyways. Because like we're saying, like the, the benefit of feeling confident in your skin and being able to move well. Um, and also just, I remember the first, like I said, like the first time I picked up a barbell, I walked out of the gym, a changed person. Like the way I carried myself was completely different. And I almost wanted to tell everybody like, do you know what I am capable of doing now? And it's almost like that whole process of getting strong is just for you to see how much of a badass you already are. Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just opening that door. It's just Mm -hmm. opening that door. And and I think this is actually a good time to talk about some practical things, like yeah. what what is strength training, what it means to be strong, and what are the various, because people use certain language interchangeably, um, like bodybuilding and weightlifting and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And I think um, having a little bit of, of um, information is, is empowering about mm-hmm. so you can choose. Um, Bodybuilding is a sport. I would actually call it an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever, I, I went to the Arnold Festival a couple of years ago and saw the final of the men's bodybuilding, um, which incidentally was also paired with the final of the men's strongman competition. Whoa. And here you're talking about two ends of the spectrum. You're talking about bodybuilding, which is purely aesthetic. I would call it an art form because they really are sculpting their bodies, men and women. Um, women compete in a slightly different way now. Um, and it's, it's about that moment and about what they can show you with their bodies. And then the strongman competition is about that 
how strong you are, how many mm. thousands of pounds you can lift. So um, cool. and, and, and aesthetically, they're, they're like completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. One is lean and cut and defined, and the other is large in every way. Large mm-hmm. and large, tall and wide, and um, if you know uh, the the mountain from from uh, Game of Thrones, Thrones, he's yeah, he's a strong man competitor. So bodybuilding is a, a sport slash aesthetic sport. Weightlifting, with one word with a, a capital W, is a barbell sport that's competed in that that is contested in the Olympics, also known as Olympic style weightlifting. And that consists of two movements, the clean and jerk and the snatch. If you're in a globo gym, you're likely not going to see this at all. Um, powerlifting. Powerlifting is also a sport. Powerlifting is has basically taken the functional movements that most of us know as sort of strength training moves and created a, a sport. So that in, includes the, the back squat, the deadlift and the bench press. Those are the contested movements. And it's really about pure strength. So the, the people in that sport tend to be, well, they're, it's competed in weight classes, but, but, you know, built stereotypically very, very built. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you have weightlifting two words, which is an activity interchangeable a lot of times with strength training. Although strength training, I would say would include carrying things, mm-hmm. dragging things, odd object lifting, that sort of thing. Um, body weight movement, weight, weightlifting or weight training could involve machines it could involve dumbbells, it could involve barbells, it could involve kettlebells, it could involve, so any strength implement. Um, and like I said, strength training is sort of an umbrella for all of these things that we do to make ourselves strong. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's really that's, helpful because yeah. I've wondered that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and people, you know, I am an Olympic style weightlifter. I compete in Olympic style weightlifting. My training includes movements from all different areas. Um, some bodybuilding moves to create stability. Some powerlifting moves to create strength. Some odd object movement to work on my fitness. And so, so even as someone who is competing in a specific thing, I, I, I open myself up to strength training across different modalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because it works because it, 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 because that's how you get strong. Mm-hmm. Um, any questions about that? Well, yeah, I was going to say your, um, I don't know if it's still your website, but I know your Instagram handle is strong and bendy. Yeah. And I know people are like, well, you know, I don't want to get too bulky or lose flexibility mm-hmm. is a common, um, you know, resistance to strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm hypermobile and if anything, strength training has helped me. Um, but maybe you could share a little bit about your journey to becoming strong and bendy. Yeah. So I, um, was the girl who could lie you know, from a very early age, I could lie on my belly in the living room floor and lift my feet up over my head and touch my toes in the front. So, so back bend, mm-hmm. prone back bend, and put my toes on my forehead. Um, Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've always, um, I got a yoga book for my fourth birthday. But, but that, that feet, the back bending feet, was just something I could always do regardless of the yoga book or not. Um, so I, too, have a, a, an incredibly mobile body. Um, so that said, I think just as, as there are that strength expresses itself differently with different people and that people's, people's bodies will respond to strength training differently, I think the need for certain levels of mobility is different for most people. I would say people prioritize static stretching and being able to bend over and touch their toes far too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you want enough mobility to be able to get in good positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so soft tissue work, the, the work that you do, the, the um, tune-up fitness therapy balls or any of the work that Kelly Surratt does, all of those things are going to 
going to help you get in good positions. Um, I also think that there's this sort of weird, like people put mobility on a pedestal, especially mm -hmm. people from in the world that I live in, in the strength and conditioning world. Um, and it's sort of weird to me because I was a yoga teacher and I, was, I sort of took it for granted, you know, that like people understand mobility and, and flexibility. But um, it's it's sort of this self-esteem thing of like, well, you know, I'm meaning to do mobility. Um, <laughs> but I think I think it's I think it's um, finding a teacher, finding a program, finding a methodology that works in your body that you will do. Mm -hmm. that gets that gets you in good positions. Soft tissue work before you train is to help you to realize those good positions. Soft tissue work and when I say soft tissue work I'm talking about rolling and that sort of thing. At soft tissue work after you train is is speeding recovery and and promoting, you know, or 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 staving off soreness and helping you get better faster. So all the things that you're already teaching to your mm -hmm. people Beyond that, you know, like the super, super bendy stuff is like a party trick. It totally is. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Is that sort of, does that get to where we need to get to? Well, yeah. And would you say that getting stronger has affected your flexibility? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. I knew there was another part to this. No. Yeah. I mean, some, some, but, but looking back, the areas where I'm less flexible I've always been less flexible, you know, like I don't have a lot of thoracic spinal rotation, but I've never had a lot of thoracic spinal rotation. Mm -hmm. My ankles, weirdly, I have tight ankles, <laughs> you know, like, okay, so my ankles might be a little more tight now because I don't do down dog every day. Right. You know, like, but, but functionally, I can still bend, I can still wake up in the morning and bend over and put my hands flat on the floor. Right. Well, and that functional thing is a whole nother thing too. Cause also sort of like we've been talking about like the purpose of your strength training. What is the purpose of your flexibility? Do you even need to be able to put your toes on your forehead on a regular basis? Maybe not. No. Well, so that's, so, so I remember back in the day when I was really, <clears throat> I mean, I've practiced yoga on and off my whole life, but I was getting very serious about my vinyasa yoga practice in the late 90s and it was really big when all the celebrities were doing it and i had sort of had a little love affair with spinning and i remember finding my way into a vinyasa yoga class at crunch gym in new york and kind of being like oh 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 this is where i need to be right now and I remember kind of having a conversation with myself about, well, I can't do spin anymore because my hamstrings will be, you know, too, too tight. <laughs> um, which, you know, I look back now and it's like, oh, geez, so what, you know? And, and, and no, that would not have been the case. But <clears throat> yeah, you have to... So, so my point of saying that is that at that moment in my life, the ideal of being quote unquote good at yoga and of attaining the shapes that yoga wanted me to attain actually made me make that decision. It wasn't, is this functionally better for me? I mean, I think I thought it was. I thought yoga was a panacea at that point in my life, but, um, and I still love yoga, but it's not, it's not the magic elixir for everything. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, look, you might lose some flexibility. If that, if that ruins your life, then, then stop, stop doing the things that are ruining your life. But you yeah. might also be able to open jars of ghee without yeah. help. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons why I started strength training, and I, I posted about this on Instagram, was I, I was just kind of a new, I was just like a floppy noodle. And my friend and Keith Wittenstein, who we know, was like, you need to get stronger. Just get stronger. It'll make everything better. And, and it did. It did. And it actually took the pressure off my yoga practice to be everything. I mm -hmm. think that was really the turning point for me was that I had endowed it with being my strength training, my fitness training, my, my occupation at the time, my socialization, my spiritual practice, my meditative practice. And I, I, it wasn't fitting the bill. It was 
wasn't living up to all those expectations. And so as a result of taking taking the the emphasis of it being my fitness and, and health kind of practice away from it, I got to practice yoga in a way that was so much more yogic because it I, it, it, I met it where I, I was mm-hmm. instead of trying to kind of throw everything in the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, did I get less flexible? Yeah. I haven't done Urdhvadhanurasana in a couple of years. And you're still here. Ba- and I'm still here and I can still, <laughs> and I can still put well over a hundred pounds over my head, like mm-hmm. well into the one fifties over my head. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd rather have that. I know. I agree. Well, and you are teaching a super awesome event coming up pretty soon um, in New York. Can you tell us more about that for anyone who's interested in getting strong? Yeah, and and still staying bendy. Exactly, exactly. So um, I recognize that there are many people like me um, who are yoga teachers and yogis and people who have sort of lived in the, the, the bendy arts for a while who are curious about strength training, but just don't have a place to go. Um, I am very, very sensitive to hypermobility and to the needs of people who have never been in a strength gym before, but I also know how awesome it can be for them and how it can really boost everything. So I've created this six week program. It's, it's 12, 12 classes. It's really focused on education and demystifying the gym and teaching people the basics of hinging and squatting and pressing and pulling. And maybe we'll do some jumping and throwing so that they know that they understand the totality of, of what is possible for them. And that they leave with a bag of tricks to be able to go out into the world and, and do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is starting mid October. Um, I think you'll put some stuff in the show notes, but it's in mid-October. Yeah. It'll be at CrossFit Gantry in Queens, New York. Um, there's registration on my website, which you can, which is strongandbendy.com. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all. That's uh, and this is the first go. So it, I am super excited. I've already got lots of people who are who are lining up, um, and uh, oh, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Well, and I think you're a wonderful uh, guide for someone into the gym and like even how to navigate a gym. Um, So like what's one piece of advice you'd give to anyone who's like listening to this and maybe they live in Antarctica. And I mean, I don't know if there are listeners in Antarctica, if there are, shout us out. Um, But what could they start with like right now to make themselves or help themselves feel a little bit more comfortable in the gym and that environment? Um, I just, I'm just trying to think of what would be possible in Antarctica. Um, <laughs> so, um, I think that we, we talked a little bit about this before. Where do you want to be? What are you curious about? Um, and then, you know, if you, if you, if you have a gym, if you belong to a gym, um, I think hiring somebody is, is a great idea. Um, And here's how I would do that. If you belong to a gym, look around at the trainers in your gym. Who do you want to spend an hour with? Who's paying attention to their, to their clients? Who has clients that look like you? Who has, who is actually talking to their clients and educating them and then approach them and say, Hey, listen, I don't have a lot of money, but I want to, I want to start a relationship with you. I want to learn how to use the machines or develop a routine. Can we book two or three sessions and then maybe in six months book two more? And if they say no, they're not your person. Um, If you don't have access to that, if the funds aren't there, if you're just not in a situation, um, I would just start with basic functional movement, squatting, which is essentially getting up and down off a chair. So I, like I was talking about my low coffee table when I, um, when I was recovering from hip surgery, I would sit down on my coffee table and then I would stand very strong in both legs and stand up. And I mm-hmm. do that five or 10 times. And then once you've done that, then you can practice picking up uh, a bag of cat food off the floor by hinging mm-hmm. and standing. Um, putting things on high, heavy shelves, high, high shelves. Um, if you're, if you're someone who has access to the gym, you can do the same thing. Go into the weight room, find a corner where you're comfortable, find a bench, 
grab a 10 pound dumbbell and sit and stand 10 times. And then the next day, put that dumbbell on the floor, brace your midline and pick that dumbbell off the floor 10 times and then leave. Yeah. Don't hang out. Like, like don't do what do. So my point here is like, do, do what is easiest for you. Meet yourself where you are. And then the next day, try something else and develop your courage that way. Quite frankly, when I first was, was going to the gym in my twenties, I, I used the machines. If that is where, if that's the, if that's the inroad for you, like doing the little circuit in the gym is what's going to build your courage. Then do that. Then do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look for places in your life to add strength. Carry your groceries in mm-hmm. your hands. Mm-hmm. Put some library books in your backpack and take them back to the library. I mean, I have a library card, so that makes sense to me. But whatever, you know, like <laughs> m- carry things across your yard. Mm-hmm. Um, we have scaffolding up all over New York City. Jump up on the scaffolding and hang. There are ways to start expressing your strength and finding strength that are not necessarily in the gym setting. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's kind of a riff on that. But I would say first, look for a trainer who, who will listen to you. Book them for one or two sessions. Practice what they teach you. When you've exhausted that, go back and do one or two sessions. If you can't do that, think about the things you do in your house or what you can do your, do in your house and then be brave and go into the weight room and do them in the weight room. And pretty soon you'll add, you'll add and add and add and you'll get a routine. Um, and then look for ways in your regular life to express your strength and to, 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 to find strength. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt this way in yoga too. And I know it's the same in the gym because I've experienced that. Like nobody cares what you're doing. They're all too busy caring about what you think they think you're doing. You know, also, like everyone's all wrapped up in their own nonsense. Also, there's some crazy stuff happening in the gym. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> and I went back into a regular gym after I had my hip surgery. And I, at first I was appalled. At first I was like, <laughs> What are and and not just dumbbells and barbells, but like people doing things on machines that were not good. There's so much creativity. And there's so much, and that's exactly where my mind went to. I was like, you know what? They're here. Yeah, they're here, and that I think is I think that's the the way to get started. Um, is just show up. Mm -hmm. You know, you were saying Anthony's like, what do I do? Go to the like, go to the gym. Mm-hmm. literally just go to the gym and commit to going in the weight room and doing one thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just go. Mm-hmm. And it may be, it may be crazy. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Mm-mm. No. no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I'm, so inspired and I have so many ideas and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to continue to work on deadlifts. I'm going to add that more into my routine and not possibly, I will be adding another weight to my collection here to work upon. Um, where can people find, I'll put your event into the show notes. So if you're listening to this, you can find more information. Um, and where can people find you out on the internet? Um, I am at strong and bendy, um, pretty much everywhere. I have a Facebook page and Instagram. Instagram is sort of the, the main one. Um, my website is strongandbendy.com. I'm also the only person in the world with my name. So um, <laughs> if you can spell it, if you can spell it, you can find me. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's in the title. So if you can't yes. spell it, just look at the title of the show. Exactly. One P, two Fs. awesome well may we all go to the gym either today or tomorrow and do one thing and feel like the badasses that we are for doing that one thing yeah totally awesome thanks again thank you 
OMG. I hope you enjoyed today's episode almost as much as I enjoyed recording it. As you know, strength training is a huge piece of the puzzle as far as getting rid of soreness, getting rid of tension, getting rid of pain. And when you're stronger, the whole world opens up to you. And it really lies at the foundation of what it means to move with ease and move with freedom. So go check Elizabeth out. Go check Movement Mavens out if you want some information right now on how to get stronger. Just do the one thing that she encouraged us to do. One last thing is no matter where you are in the United States, if you are looking for an excellent coach, Elizabeth is an amazing resource. She is connected to so many fantastic strength and conditioning coaches all over the country. So she told me to tell you to go ahead and send her a DM on Instagram. She's at strong and bendy and she will connect you with a badass coach wherever you are. So here's to asking better questions, moving more, getting nerdy, and getting stronger. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And you can even head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, which helps other body nerds find out about the show. And I want to hear your body nerd hack. So Leave a quick message over at the Body Nerd Hotline, 818-396-6501, and tell me what you do on the daily to feel amazing, or tell me what you started your strength training with. Let me know. Or you can come find me on Instagram. I'm at Hala and tag me in your IG stories or on your feed, and let me know what your favorite part was, and show us getting strong. And I love seeing body nerds being nerdy out in the world. So help me spread the word that your body is super cool and you can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Listen, friend, we both know that you are not you when you're in pain. But the good news is you can change the unchangeable. Even if it seems like it's been forever, life without pain is 100% possible. And I can help you get there faster. Head on over to bodynerdshow.com and download the Body Freedom Assessment. You'll answer a few questions and then you'll know exactly what your next steps towards more days of awesome should be. It doesn't have to be complicated and it won't even take you more than 15 minutes a day.